In today's show, we recap all of Sunday's action across the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. We're here to look at Sunday's action in the NBA First game up, early one. The Clippers go down to the Bucks in the end. What a, this is a really, really good game in the end. Um, the, uh, the the Bucks win at 105-100. Serge Barker's minutes pushed up in this one. They'd been down recently, but 27 minutes, 15 and 11 with two blocks. Yeah, that's really strong. Now, he'd been you know, falling out of favor for 12-team leagues. They'd been going small a lot. It is hard to go small against Giannis and Brook Lopez. So I think matchups have something to do with that here. So I wouldn't be you know, scurrying necessarily to the wire if Ibaka was there. He's fine to have, but he's absolutely not a must-roster in every circumstance type of player. Good scoring night from Lou Williams, two 14 points in 25 minutes with three of three from the line. He's a points and free throw percentage type guy. Well, it was another rough night from Nick Batum. Now, I think the shine is off Batum at the moment. He's 221st over the last two weeks. He's still top 100 over the course of the season. That will last about two more days, I reckon. And uh, I'm not sure he even finishes the year top uh, top 150. I think if you are looking at the back end of your roster and there's a stream spot that you need or someone on the wire that you want to grab, Batum would be considered expendable. Not a great night from Patrick Beverly. Five points in 26 minutes. I do think he can become 12-team, but he's not absolutely must roster. Well, Zubat's played only 16 minutes, and there was was talk from Ty post postgame that he did need to play Zubat some more, so pay attention to that. Uh, not that he's an ad, but it means it cuts it in from uh, Ibarca's minutes. The fun guy had 25 and, and 9 with two steals, while Paul George had 16, 7, and 7. Pretty inefficient from George, though, just 33% shooting overall. Marcus Morris also rostered in far too many 12-team leagues. Get that garbage out of here! Um, he's a 14-team league guy at best. For the Bucks, Yanni, what a big game from him. Giannis, Oh! 36, 14, and 5. One steal, four blocks. He's the number two ranked player in category leagues over the last two weeks. He is flying up the charts, 15th overall. The free throws weren't great, but they weren't terrible. 67% here, and he dropped in 71 fantasy points as well. So big, big uh, production there for uh, for Yanni Antetokounmpo. All right, so the rest of the Bucks, Chrissy Middleton, 19, 6, and 8. Punch Bob, he just finds a way to have relevance. Three steals in 20 minutes. The 9 and 7 isn't great, but continues to put up good numbers. 106th ranked player this season somehow is a 12-team league guy, while Brook Lopez, not the greatest from Brookie. He is 124th this year, 10 points, uh, three boards, two threes, a block. Points leagues, I'd drop him. He had just 20 points here in a 12-team in a points league. I'd drop. In a category league, he is the real borderline to me. But I guess the big thing for the Bucks is Drew Holiday return. Now, he only played 18 minutes coming back from COVID. Two points in those 18 minutes with three assists. Don't panic. I think he was fine. He's going to be better. The minutes will push up. They might not push up until after the All-Star break, but don't panic about it. It might actually give you a buy-low opportunity there for Drew. 
DiVincenzo off his big game, struggled a little bit, 11 and 7 in 28 minutes. His production was always going to drop when Drew returned. Well, DJ Augustin started, and yeah, we're not really paying too much attention there. Six points with two triples in his 26 minutes. On to the next game, the Washington Wizards. I don't know how they lost this game, but they did. 111-110, they go down to the Celtics. Beal was fantastic. 46 points in 39 minutes, 7 rebounds, 2 steals, 1 block, a 67% true shooting on a usage of 43%. Unbelievable stuff. He's now the 8th ranked player this year, just doing absolutely the most. Um, Unfortunately, just couldn't get the win. Westbrook actually put up a good scoring night as well. 24-11, only 4 assists, weirdly. He had a triple one. And a true shooting of 51 is actually a win for Westbrook. 45% from the field, 75 from the line. Not his best, obviously. But uh, 44 fantasy points is a pretty good night. While Davis Bertans, two strong nights in a row for Bertans. 20 points in 26 minutes with five triples. But realistically, he's a three-point streamer. His recent production is fine. I don't look too closely at rankings of guys who are just three-point streamers, especially guys that are inconsistent. But he is the 83rd-ranked player over the last two weeks. I I don't think he's 100% a must-roster guy. I think he's fine in a 12-team league, and you want to add him while he's hot, by all means. But don't be too hesitant to drop if he starts going through a cold streak. The Wizards centers. Thirteen minutes for Mo Wagner, zero points and one assist. Um, yeah, look, the five-game week is over for Washington, so he's a drop pretty clearly. And Rui Hachimura, the five-game week is over, so he's a drop pretty clearly. Two points in twenty-five minutes for Hachimura on twenty percent shooting with six rebounds. He is the hundred ninety-eighth ranked player this year. Yet people still believe that he is hundred percent a must-roster twelve-team league player. He is not. And that doesn't mean I hate the kid. I just don't think he's very good for fantasy. Robin Lopez had 10 points in 28 minutes. Good efficiency. Didn't miss a single shot, but he is just a deeper league sort of player. While Hal Neto keeps getting an unbelievable amount of minutes. 27 of them, in fact. Four points with two steals. He was a plus three, but I don't really see the appeal outside of deep leagues. While uh, Isaac Bonga returned to the rotation at the expense of Denny Avdia. Just seven minutes for Avdia, while Bonga played 16. Of course, Bonga was a plus eight and didn't score. That's just what Isaac Bonga does. For the Celtics, Jason Tatum, yes, 31 and 8, three threes, three assists, three steals, good defense, four of four from the line, 55 from the field. We talked about him being a buy low um, because that shooting number was going to come up, and he looked great here. 50 fantasy points. That's why we just don't want to panic too much. Now, he's not, I don't think he's going to get back to being a first round type value, but good to see here that sort of level. While Kemba Walker was also great 21, 5 and 8, two steals, 42 fantasy points. He's amazingly a top 50 player over the last two weeks. There will be inconsistency. There will be games missed, but that's really strong from Kemba. While Vanilla Tice, he flowed really well with Kemba. 20 points in 32 minutes for Daniel Tice. Nine rebounds, 73% from the field. Really good stuff. He is significantly better than Tristan Thompson. They're still running this wild lineup with Thompson in there. Um, again, there's so much confusion about how everything's going to work when, say, Marcus Smart returns and Jalen Brown was out of this one as well, that it is hard to fully understand how it all works. While The Rock DJ played 18 minutes only, six points, six rebounds, not his best night. But again, if he can find 20 minutes a night, and they should just get rid of Thompson's minutes, realistically. They won't, but they should. It is hard to fully understand because game by game, it goes 20, 14, 18. It's all over the shop with Williams's minutes and his production's pretty inconsistent too. But I wouldn't want to leave him on the waiver wire. I just add him and I see where it goes. Tristan Thompson still rostered in 12-team leagues. What do you reckon is going to happen here? Get that garbage out of here! Absolutely no need for it. While Javante Green started... Why, I don't know. Eight points in 33 minutes. I guess he hit 80% of his shots, but he'll go back to you know flirting with the edges of the rotation while Peyton Pritchard had seven points in his 21 minutes. 
It's a stressful time. I know that I'm feeling particularly stressed. You have been working flat out since the NBA announcer was coming back. NBA draft free agency. I haven't had time to myself. And you need to be able to settle yourself down. It can make it hard to sleep. It can make it hard to relax. Relax. It can make it hard for you to be around. So you need to find Headspace. Well, not find it because I know where it is. It's right there in your app store. App store. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash lockedonnba. That's headspace.com slash lockedonnba for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. So head to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Did anyone have any bets on the Golden Globes today? I believe those uh, those went live. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, and use or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Okay, on to the next game of the day. We're looking at the Lakers beating down on the Warriors, 117-91. And to be fair, it wasn't even remotely that close. This game was done, like 30-point margin in the second quarter. So everyone's minutes are just all over the shop. Draymond Green hurt his ankle. He played 13 minutes, but the game was over basically when he hurt his ankle. So there was no way they were going to risk him. He played yeah, six points in 13 minutes, and it's not a, not considered serious. Juan Toscano-Anderson started the second half for Draymond. He had seven, five, and four with two steals, and that's great. But he'll just go back to being out of the rotation while the triangle Eric Pascal had 18 points in his 22 minutes. That, that's also pretty interesting, but don't get too excited there. The Warriors pulled Kevon Looney off. Giggity! After halftime, they also didn't play him in the second half. Zero points in six minutes, and that's just, hey, we know this dude's hips are rooted. We know he's had ankle problems. We're not going to put him out there in a game as a 30-point margin. So they started Blunty, James Wiseman, in the second half. Where are you now? Whenever there's an opportunity to give him minutes in a game that they're not winning, yeah, that's what Kerr's going to do. So he played 25 minutes. I wouldn't say it went particularly well. Five points in those 25 minutes on 29% shooting with eight rebounds. And really, he is just a luxury ass stash. That is it. The 196th ranked player in in the NBA. He struggles when he's on the court. He doesn't lead the Warriors to wins. They need to try and develop him for their future. But they're also pushing. They want to push for you know top five, top six seed in the NBA or in the Western Conference. So they're not going to just force feed him minutes in games that are close. Ubre still shot well, but only 26 minutes, 14 points. While Andy Wiggins... Jesus, his February's been horrible. Three points in 22 minutes for Wigo. A little bit of a buy low. I'd more just be monitoring the waiver wire because if anyone drops him, I'd add him. But it has been a rough goal of things for Wigo in February. LeBron James. The best thing about LeBron's game here, 24 minutes. He'd been racking up huge minute totals. This is awesome. 19-6-4, two steals and two blocks is a great game. While the future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, had a double-double, 12-11 and 11 in 20 minutes. But really, again, it's so hard to to read anything out of this game considering it was over in the second quarter. Schroeder had 12 points in 25 minutes. Harrell played only 11 minutes. Um, Horton Tucker had 11 points in 16 minutes. I don't know anything that is actually actionable 
from this game from a Lakers perspective. It's good that they got the win. It's good that they got back on track. They obliterated the Warriors. It means nothing in terms of predicting fantasy values for these players moving forward, though, unfortunately. The next game, the New York Knicks and the Detroit Pistons. If you sit there and go, man, Josh, Josh hates the Knicks. Josh hates Tom Thibodeau. I don't want to hear him talk about him again. How can you complain when the Knicks are above 500? You probably want to fast forward this. And all of that's true. The Knicks are above 500. They're winning games that they probably shouldn't win. They won by 19 against one of the worst teams in the NBA. And Nerlens Noel played 40 minutes after playing 40 minutes yesterday on a back-to-back. Julius Randle was subbed in with two minutes to go when they were up by 20 points. So was Derek Rose, who is absolutely like got knees made out of corn chips. He was subbed back in to play 32 minutes on a back-to-back after playing 38 on Sunday. They won the game, and I don't have any problem with, in tight games, ride your best players, get the win. Sometimes you have to have a bit of a bigger picture thought process on it, and, and, and that's, you know, but that's fine. You want to get the win. You had 20 points up on the Detroit Pistons with two and a half minutes left. Get these guys out of the game. It is insanity. Why won't anyone like, have any word to Tom about this? There is no need for it. Austin Rivers, Kevin Knox, Theo Pinson. They're just sitting there, like DMP CDs. Obi Toppin played 19 minutes. Play in the last five minutes of the game. Who gives a shit if you lose 10 points in that time frame? It's insanity. Now, it's great for their fantasy value until they explode into a pile of dust, Thanos snap style. Randall had 25, 8, and 6, two steals and a block. That's awesome. Noel had three steals, three blocks, and 11 boards. Awesome. Must roster player for the short term. Rowan Barrett Jr., another big game, 21-5-3, a steal and a block. He had been trending down in a massive direction, but the last few weeks have been impressive. If you're looking for some points and don't care too much about inefficiency or inconsistency, he can be a guy. I'm not convinced he's a must-roster player, but he can be. Derek Rose, I think he's going to maintain this starting point guard job. 14-3-5, two blocks, 32 minutes, a must-add player. Of course, in games that you're winning by 30 points when your starting point guard is out, why wouldn't you get the guy who's probably going to come third in Rookie of the Year who's playing well to play more minutes? Nah, the idea there is to play in fewer minutes. So Emmanuel quickly has 16 minutes for 12 points. Thibodeau wouldn't know... Um, I don't know what, what the right thing to do is. Is development if it bit him on the left nut. Now, I'm not saying that to go out there and play quickly 30 minutes, but the absolute... And the thing is, it, it's like a meme that you know, Thibs is going to rely on his players from 2011. Derek Rose comes in, plays 32 minutes over a rookie who's literally got people absolutely buzzing in the garden. I'm not saying you just give in to fan service, but you're not winning a title with Derek Rose. Pretty sure about that. You might want to just try and develop these other guys and get them some game time when a game is completely out of hand. Very hard to trust quickly in any sort of 12-team format when he's not playing this much in a game that's decided by 20. When he's playing 16 minutes. It's ludicrous. Um, Alec Burks had a nice game. 16 points in 26 minutes. Still just more of a points streamer than anything else, though. Um, no Gibson or Mitchell Robinson or um, Alfred Payton in that one. The Pistons made a change to their starting lineups. Fima K. Luke replaced Wayne Allington, but it didn't really mean anything because Allington still played 20 minutes and Svee still played 20 minutes. 15 points for the Duke uh, in his 20 minutes with four threes, while McKay Luke was scoreless in his 20 minutes, so nothing that needs actioning there for fantasy leagues. Dennis Smith, I think, is the guy to roster here over Saban Lee. 27 minutes for three consecutive games, seven and seven with four assists, three steals, and a block. The field goal percentage is going to be rough. But add him, I think the Saban Lee experiment is done. Nine points in 21 minutes there for him. While the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay, he'd been shooting the lights out. He did not, he shot them back on. That's how bad he was in this one. 12 points, oh sorry, 10 points on 25% shooting with no assists, no steals, no block. 
remains a 12-team league guy, while Josh Jackson went one better and shot 17% for 12 points. Still, again, a 12-team league guy. The interesting thing here is we got 28 minutes of uh, Isaiah Stewart and only 20 minutes of Mason Plumley without foul trouble. Now, I don't think that's going to be the mix moving forward, but we're seeing Stewart have double-digit rebounds in each of the last two games. He had two blocks here with a steal. He is pushing up. He is a flyer-type guy. He's a 16-team league ad, and if you've got some roster space available in a 14-team league, it's not a bad idea just to have a crack and just to add him and see exactly where it goes. Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar ever, is now even deliciouser. Six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Not really new flavors anymore. We've had them for a while, but who cares? They're still delicious. 12 original flavors as well, bringing the total up to 18, plus all the special additions that they throw in there. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The Coconut Almond Bar has 18 grams of protein with just 180 calories and only 5 grams of sugar and 5 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20. That's a new promo code, LOCKEDON20, and you'll get 20% off your next order. The promo code is LOCKEDON20 for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Next game for us to take a look at here is the Atlanta Hawks going down again to the Miami Heat, 99-109. I worry a little bit for um, the safety of Lloyd Pierce's job. The Baptist John Collins had a big game, 34-10 and 10 in 37 minutes with three blocks. I think he scored 19 points in the third quarter. Now, this is obviously encouraging. The minutes are fantastic. I wouldn't think that this is necessarily him jumping back into being a, this you know, top 20 type guy, but it's good to see him do this. Trey Young had 15, 8, and 9, while Capella had 20 and 14 with three blocks. So big numbers from the big men there. Kevin Herter, fan of pants, 41 minutes, 13-4-4 with six steals. Now, we do have to remember that DeAndre Hunter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Cam Reddish, and Chris Dunn are all out, and they're all going to have an impact on Herter. For the time being, sure, there is value in him, even though his numbers had slid somewhat. The 41 minutes, this level of production is not real from, from Herter, so don't get too excited. But if you want to have him for the short term, by all means. While the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari, hands off my cock, 19 minutes, six points. Two steals, 20% shooting. That game where he dropped in 10 threes, he's going to keep him on the roster of people in fantasy for about the next six weeks. He shouldn't be. He should have been dropped. Again, this is why people said, oh man, I just dropped him. And then he went off for 35 points. How dumb am I? Well, you weren't dumb. It was the right decision. It's shit to miss out on a game like that. But again, you've justified in how he's played in literally every other single game this year, apart from that one absolute explosion. Tone Snell had eight points in a start for Cam Reddish, who was starting for Bogdan Bogdanovich. He had eight points with two threes. He's just a deeper league three-point streamer. While for the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler was out. Because he's my butler. <laughs> so surprisingly, Kendrick Nunn had a big game. 24-3-7, a steal and a block. Again, it's so hard to know what to do with Nunn because it was this great stat from Tim Reynolds today that the uh, there's only been nine games this year that the Heat have had Adebayo, Hero, Dragic, and Butler healthy. And that's why Kendrick Nunn is the 85th ranked player this year. Because when one of those guys are out, he steps up, he plays big minutes, and he plays well. And then when everyone's healthy, and then we're not even including Avery Bradley in this, like the numbers will drop off. Absolute massive sell high if you can achieve it for Kendrick Nunn, but it is pretty hard to do. Bam Adebayo, 16, 13, and 5 with three blocks, while Hero in his first game back had 14, 2, and 4, and Dragic elevated to a starter with Butler out had 13, 4, and 3. Not bad numbers there. I think Dragic is fine as a 12-team league guy, but not must roster, and Hero is a guy that I'd have over uh, Goran there. Uh, 24 minutes only for Kaliolinik, and that meant that Precious Achua came back into the rotation. 14 and 7 for Precious with a steal and a block. He'd been out the last couple of games, but he's just a, a deeper league guy there. While the Spur dunk Robinson, the minutes were fine. 
But uh, yeah, pretty shit otherwise. Five points on 22% shooting. Much like with Bertans, he's more of a streamer than a must-roster player in my mind. Next game, what an absolute ass-kicking this is. Memphis and Houston. And of course, no clarity on this Grizzlies rotation because Grayson Allen was out here. And the two guys, who I think are really good, played really well. Desmond Bain, 15 and 7, three steals and a block. I think he's good. I think he could play 30 minutes in the NBA. De'Anthony Melton, 14, 3 and 5 with four steals in 22 minutes. I think he can play 30 minutes in the NBA. Unfortunately, Grayson Allen and Dylan Brooks are somehow ahead of these guys in the rotation. And Melton literally was a DNPCD outside of garbage time when they had a fully healthy roster. So finding 25 minutes, now Melton probably only needs 24 to be a 12-team league guy. Bain would need, I reckon, 28 to 30 to get there, probably 30. But getting those minutes feels really hard. This is great, but Allen's going to come back, and then Jackson's going to come back, and it's going to squish all this shit up. Plus, they won almost 50 points in this one, 49-point margin. Morant only played 26 minutes, 6 points with 7 assists, and the 3 steals. Wow. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. But much like the Lakers-Warriors game, it's hard to take too much out of this. I can take out the fact that Dylan Brooks still shot poorly, 8 points in 22 minutes, and Kyle Anderson had a stinker too. 13 points, but 29% shooting. That's one thing that he has been absolutely fantastic at this year, is his shooting numbers, but a big drop-off there. Still remains a rosterable guy, but I have no idea how this roster looks with the rotation. There's still too many unknowns. Justice Winslow scored well, 12, 12 shot attempts, 20 points. 21 minutes? That's great. Two blocks is also awesome. 73 true shooting. 31 usage. I would find it hard to believe he maintains 31 usage or 73% true shooting as the season goes on. And again, finding enough minutes for Winslow, who is the 349th ranked player so far this season, uh, and that's per game, by the way, in 22 minutes, is going to be tough for me to justify him as a 12-team league guy. 16 teams, sure. 14, maybe, but I'm not convinced. He just has never been good at fantasy and finding enough minutes is tough. Let's talk about Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Vasilinovasas. His absence, well, not absence, he played only 13 minutes, meant that we got more Winslow, more Brandon Clark, who had a double-double there, Clarkie. Valanciunas had five fouls in 13 minutes. That's why he played so little, so don't over, don't overthink it. Don't read too much into it. For the Rockets, Justin Patton, 26 minutes, 10 points, two threes, two blocks. First start for Patton, and the thought is that he moved into the starting lineup to be a matchup against Valanciunas. He's a guy that I said to watch for to see how they play him. Um but he'd been 10 minutes the last two games. Will they go with him against Cleveland and Jarrett Allen, or will they put the wild thing Jay Sean Tate back in? I would I'd find it hard to believe that Patton will get 26 minutes again next game. John Wall played only 27 minutes, had 14 points on 25%. Now, he was supposed to sit out Monday's back-to-back, but because he played so few minutes, they think there is a chance that he plays in the back-to-back. And Oladipo will return as well. So that's going to push um, someone else out of the starting line. Probably Daniel, or probably Eric Gordon, actually. They started Gordon and House over Tate. Those guys were horrendous. 18% shooting for House, 10% for Gordon. House is a 14-team league guy. Gordon probably is a 12-teamer, but not a 10-team league player. While it was a stinker from PJ Tucker as well. He took one shot. He missed it, but he took one. Two blocks and a steal there, while uh, Jay Sean Tate off the bench, 14 and four, a steal and a block. I don't know what his role, how it holds um, moving forward. I think he is still worth holding in a 12-team league just to see what they do with this lineup. But it was obviously discouraging to see him get uh, benched for guys like House and Gordon and uh, and even for Justin Patton. But I, I do think that was somewhat matchup-based. All right, so on to the next game. We've got the Phoenix Suns with a pretty comfortable win here against the Wolves. 118-99 is your final score. Devin Booker, 
43 points on 58% shooting. Just an elite end to the week for Booker. Only the five assists and no steals, but still really good numbers there for Booker. While Chris Paul had 11, 6, and 15. Big numbers. Also, just another absolute ask kicking. Only 26 minutes for DeAndre Ayton, but 22 and 10 is great. 82% is fantastic. 20% usage, great. And guess what, guys? McCall Bridges, he's getting steals. Nine points only, but seven boards, two assists, two steals, two blocks. The steals at some point had to start coming, and uh, we've seen an uptick recently. Frank Kaminsky started again. I, I don't know why, but he started again. Nine points in 16 minutes, while Cam Johnson played only 16 minutes. And your mate, Jay Crowder. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He had zero points in 27 minutes. He was still a plus 19, but yeah, he's, it's really tough to roster him in 12-teamers. Dario Saric had a pretty nice game off the bench as well. 13 points as a backup center in 16 minutes. Should have mentioned Aiton's minutes were low because he did have some foul trouble in this one. For the Wolves, Anthony Edwards, um, big usage. 24 points, uh, 22 shots. Three steals is really good. Two threes is good. Six of six from the line is good. But he is going to murder that field goal percentage. Carl Anthony Towns, I'd still want him to push up a little bit more in terms of playing time. He wasn't at his best here. 22 and 10 with two threes. Only one assist is a little bit disappointing as well. And I've got to say it. <clears throat> yeah, I've praised Chris Finch. But playing Jake Lehman 30 minutes is most definitely uh, not it. I have no idea why that's happening. I know he said he wanted to get more veterans mixed in to the group. But how about you get players who play well mixed into the group? That might be an idea. That is not great news for Jared Vanderbilt, who had two points in 15 minutes. It's worse news for Jaden McDaniels. He was basically out of the rotation, five points in nine minutes. Um, look, Vanderbilt gets 27 minutes. He's a 12-team league guy. But this sort of inconsistency and this change in direction, and it does coincide with something that Finch said before. We want to change the rotations to get veterans in. And this is how it looked. So if you want to move on from Vanderbilt, I, I might hold one more game, but it does not look good. Josh Okoge, I, I was an Okoge defender for a couple of years. I, I don't see how he can be anymore. He just isn't a good NBA player. He's definitely not a good NBA starter. And Jarrett Culver is worse somehow. Zero points for Culver in nine minutes. Just a, a disaster of a draft pick that was. Now, maybe he can still get better, but he has been atrocious this season, and he wasn't much better last year. Jalen Noel, still the guy getting the most minutes there with Beasley out. 21 minutes, six points. But for a guy that just shoots as much as he does, there will be nights where he doesn't get them to go in. And that was one of them. Six points on 13% shooting is pretty rough. Didn't mention, uh, mention, didn't mention Ravishing Rick. Six points in 25 minutes with six assists and three steals. Not a great night from Rubio, but the assists are there, the steals are there, and that keeps him as a 12-team league player. But uh, back to the drawing board with the Wolves, back to the drawing board with our assessment of how that power forward spot's going to go. Just either pump the minutes into McDaniels, give them to Vanderbilt, but why do we need to see Jared, Jared Lehman? I don't even know his name. That's how irrelevant he is. I'm sorry, sorry to you, Jake. Um, he just... And in saying that, 11-4-4 four four is pretty bloody good. He was still a minus nine, but those numbers are fine. I just don't understand the the reliance on him. Now, McDaniels isn't a future star. Vanderbilt is definitely not a future star. They're not that good. But I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more in terms of consistency with roles and rotations with those guys. Deeper leagues, we're still taking somewhat of a flyer on Noel, but I think 12s, we can drop McDaniels, and I reckon we can probably make that move in a lot of the cases. For Vanderbilt, I might hold just one more because uh, I'm stubborn like that, and I'm definitely not caring about Culver or Okogi, not in any way, shape, or form. All right, and then on to the last game of the night. How the hell did the Sacramento Kings lose this game? I, I have no idea. 127 Charlotte, 126 Sacramento. Malik Monk with the game-winning layup and one. 
Uh, 21 points for Monk in 31 minutes with five rebounds and four assists. He has been excellent since Devontae Graham has been out. You would have to think that you know, well, Graham's not going to get the starting job back, and you have to think that Monk is going to have to remain in the rotation here and take quite a bit of value away from Devontae Graham as we move forward. He's been unbelievable, and he's one of the best shooters in the NBA this season with his three-point shooting. But how about P.J. Washington Jr.? 42 points in 42 minutes, five triples, nine rebounds, two steals, two blocks, 65% shooting, seven of seven from the line. I think it absolutely goes without saying that uh, Washington's best position is at center. So he played minutes at center here without Cody Zeller. I don't know. Look, Brago really should just say, Biombo, thanks, but see you later. And then just play Washington and Zeller, uh, all those center minutes, because that's where he thrives. And he is putting up some absolutely huge numbers at the moment. A clear must roster player. Of course, Lamelo Ball's clear must roster. 24, 4, and 12 in 39 minutes, while Bridges had 13 and 9 in his 33 minutes. Um, Rogier talked about him being a massive hot streak sell high guy, but you'd never get top 10 value back because that's what he was doing. And now we are seeing that drop off. Two of nine for eight points with four assists. Um, minus 12, he is regressing to past season Terry Rozier, which is obviously not ideal. We're still holding him, but let's see where this balances out. Jalen McDaniel's got a spot start for Gordon Haywood, barely played. It was Monk and Bridges off the bench who played the majority of those minutes, not Biombo and McDaniels. No reason to start those blokes, don't really understand it. Just play your best players the most minutes that you possibly can. While Kobe, Cody Martin, nine points, a triple one in his 27 minutes as his brother Caleb was returning from COVID and only played four minutes, didn't have the necessary uh, fuel in the tank. For the Kings, Bud Heald. Hurt his ankle late, had 30 points, 8 triples, 7 assists, one of his best games of the season. We talked about just how bad he's been shooting the ball, and this was a, a, a clear turnaround. We'll have to wait and see on that ankle. While the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy! His breakout season, I guess, 28 points, 4 triples, 42 minutes, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. Assist rate is up, field goal percentage is up, usage is up, minutes are sky high. He has been unbelievably good this year. Another big game from him, while Rashawn Holmes had 13 and 8 with 2 steals and a block. And I do have to mention that Marvin Bagley was good. 24 and 10, 2 threes, 2 steals, a block, missed both his free throws, but he was a plus 18, which is a team high. Now, it shouldn't surprise anybody that Corey Joseph was a team-worst minus 20, but that's encouraging from Bagley because with Halliburton out, he has seen his minutes spike. I still don't believe he's a must-roster 12-team league player, but it is heading in the right direction. Fox had 20 points, but just horrendous efficiency. True shooting of 42%. The 14 assists are nice, but everything else was pretty rough there from De'Aaron Foxy Fox. Let's have a look at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Vanderbilt up 21%. Reckon they'd be regretting that after that performance. But Malik Monk on a back-to-back 20%. He looks great. That's I don't mind uh, that ad for him for Monday. And your 14-team leagues, I'd add him regardless. Dennis Smith up 18%. Smart move, whoever did that one. And Derek Rose up 9%. I think that makes sense in 12-teamers. Daniel House up 8%. I think that's probably just more for the Sunday-Monday back-to-back combination. In terms of drops, Jeremy Lamb down 12%. Josh Hart down 9%. I'd probably hold on to Hart. Morris down 9%, sure. Saban Lee down 8%, absolutely. Jay Sean Tate down 8%. I'd probably still holding on to Tatey at this stage. The monstrous line of the night is the big fella, Yanni Antetokounmpo. Giannis and Tokatomatu. 
36 and 15 with four blocks. We've spoken about Yanni already, really climbing the ranks at the moment, back to the top 15 over the course of this season. And then your top 10 players, under 50% rostered. A lot of Grizzlies players, Bain at number one, Melton at number two, Tyus Jones at number three, and Justice Winslow at number five. Big games from all those guys in a 50-point win with Grayson Allen out. I've already talked about the issues with adding those players. Melton's probably the best add in 12s out of those guys for the short term, but then he goes out of the rotation. The Duke Wayne Ellington at number four, just a, a deep league streamer. Number six is Dennis Smith Jr. I like him for 12s. Precious Achua at number seven and Justin Patton at number eight. Patton probably has more likelihood of having short-term 12-team value, but not high. Well, Isaiah Stewart's a good stash guy. And then Dario Saric at number 10, who had some really good scoring numbers off the bench today, but nothing for me to get overly excited about. Let's take a look now at Monday's action across the NBA. All right, so let's take a look at Monday's action. Seven games on Indiana and Philly. Probably the one with the most intriguing terms of injuries. We've got Brogdon, Lamb, Embiid, and the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. They are all listed as questionable. Um, last game with Brogdon out. TJ McConnell played 46 minutes in a non-overtime game, so he's obviously someone that we'd pay attention to there. Mike Scott started for Harris last game, and then if Embiid is out, they're going to put uh, Dwight Howard most likely into that starting lineup. With Lamb out, it just means more minutes for Sumner and Aaron Holiday. The Mavericks and the Magic. We imagine that Kristaps Porzingis won't be on the same minutes limit he was last game, and it was a blowout in that one too, and they kept him down to 26, so he should be fine to go. While James Ennis is is out for the Magic. The Mavericks, Mavericks and Magic, sounds pretty close. The Mavs are seven-point favorites. The total is 224.5. Jazz, Pelicans next up. Mike Conley will return in this game. No other injuries to speak of. While for the Nets and the Spurs, Kyrie Irving is going to be back for the Nets. Kevin Durant remains out. And then for San Antonio, Keldon Johnson has been upgraded to questionable, while Derek White, Devin Vassell, and Rudy Gay are all out through the COVID protocols. What happens with Aldridge and Pirtle still remains to be seen in terms of their minute split starting, all that sort of stuff. The Nuggets and the Bulls. The Nuggets are four and a half point favorites here, and the total is 228 and a half. The Bulls, of course, this was supposed to be a back-to-back, but it isn't because that game on Sunday was postponed. Denver's without Millsap, Green, and Harris. Once again, the Bulls without Markin and Porter. And then the Cavs and the Rockets are back-to-back for Houston, so Victor Oladipo should return in this one. It's uncertain whether John Wall will play. I imagine he won't, but Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker, apparently, according or pregame on Sunday, that's what uh, Stephen Silas said, that those guys would play in the back-to-back. Christian Wood remains silent. Sideline while for Cleveland, nothing really to, to pay attention to. Torian Prince is off the injury report, while the discman, Chetty Osman, is questionable. Uh, still no Nansen love, of course. The Hornets and the Blazers, the last game of the day, back-to-back for Charlotte. They should get Cody Zeller back, but we don't know about Gordon Haywood, while Harry Giles remains out for Portland. The Blazers are six-point favorites here with Charlotte on a back-to-back, and the total is a big one, 235 and a half points. At the moment, some value plays for Fangio. I'm looking at Cantor, Mills, uh, Eric Gordon and Daniel House, uh, J- Justin Holiday, especially with the uncertainty with Lamb and Brogdon over there. Kyrie, uh, I like a lot. Joshy Richardson, maybe. Uh, I like Gobert. I like Lamelo. I like Doncic. I like Embiid. Um, Shake Milton as a GPP guy and Dwayne Bacon in a similar spot. Oh, I also like James Harden. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give me a thumbs up, leave a comment below, hit the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.